Nation. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do. Here's your need to know news. Uh, Bill Belichick out as the New England Patriots head coach. So we lost Saban yesterday evening. He's retiring. Belichick no longer with the Patriots. Pete Carroll. I mean, talk about the old guard. We'll see what happens, but still. You know, be the funniest thing is if he took the Tennessee job and then had to come back to the Ring of Honor. Just kidding. Nine of the top 25 teams in action last night. Six of them lost. Five of them on the road. Number four, UConn escaped at 500 Xavier. 13th ranked Memphis needed OT to survive UTSA. Wisconsin was a winner, though. They beat Ohio State 71-60. Northwestern cut it close in the second half, but hold on to win at Penn State 76-72. So this week alone, teams ranked 1, 2, 3, 5, 9, and 11 of all caught losses. On I believe those are all on the road. Remember some handsome genius telling you yesterday about how hard it was to win on the road and how I told you I would not be surprised if you know, Tennessee lost and... Kansas lost. Oklahoma lost. I believe I put all three of those on your radar yesterday. I went with a teaser. I didn't have the guts to take them all out right. I went with a teaser. Anyway. Trying to make up for last week. Uh, The Big Ten back in action tonight. Michigan, a six and a half point road dog at Maryland tonight. Illinois ranked 10th in the country. A three and a half point favorite against Michigan State at home. Speaking of Michigan, Doug McDaniels apparently been suspended for the next six road games, according to his Twitter. I did not see an official reasoning from anybody, but the internet is telling me that it is academic related. Still, when's the last time you saw a road game only suspension? What's going on in Michigan? Can't be good. You gotta like Maryland tonight, but six and a half? Blech. Maryland's at home, but it's not like they're worlds better than Michigan. Maybe they maybe they Mackey was sold out last night for the Caitlin Clark show, and the reigning national player of the year didn't disappoint. She had a triple-double, caught a technical foul for yelling at the ref. Everything you bring your kids out to see. As for the Boilers, Abby Ellis, 15 points. Caitlin Harper, 13. A rough night from three, though. The Boilers is 5 of 20, shooting from behind the arc. Clark just too much going for 26 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. 
She also was 6 of 14 from 3. And then there's that one that didn't count. Like in the corner by the scores table. And it looked like she got bumped too. Insane. She's a talent. Gonna look good in a fever jersey next year though, right? A possible target for the Chicago Bears in the upcoming draft. Wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. has officially declared for the 2024 NFL Draft. We kind of figured when he didn't play in the Cotton Bowl. But he did confirm this uh, on his uh, social media today. Speaking of the Bears, they're off to foggy London town. The Bears and the NFL announced today that Chicago will be, the des- will be a designated team for a regular season game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London during next season. Further details regarding uh, who they're going to play, kickoff time, date, and all that stuff will come out with a regular season schedule uh, when it's released in the spring. Bears will make their fourth trip to London. They faced the Cowboys in a preseason game there in 86, played a regular season contest versus the Buccaneers in 2011, and the Raiders in 2019. Pacers winners last night, 112-104 over the Wizards. No Halliburton as he sits on the IL. Miles Turner dropped 18-13. and Bulls were also winners, too, 124-19. They needed OT to top the Rockets, though. Welcome back, Zach Levine. 25 points, 13 boards, and 7 assists. And the Blackhawks tonight in Winnipeg to take on the JETS Jets. Uh, They'll be big underdogs again tonight, too. Plus 3. 20. There you go. That is today's Need to Know News. All right. Winner last night on that Wisconsin game, right? We hit the under. Let's roll. Let's see if we can stack another win here tonight. Doing pretty good this week. Last week, abysmal. This week, we're starting to warm up. I mean, this Illinois spread just seems so low. I got a two and a half this morning. I seen it as high as three and a half. I think FanDuel still has it like two and a half. But I scooped this up early here. Uh, Illinois has been pretty balanced since Terrence Shannon had to step away. Uh, four players in double digits on offense in those last three games. That tells me it's a team effort. And I like that. The Illini getting better shooting from deep as well, hitting 35% from three, 56.7% from inside the arc. Hawkins, Harmon, and Goody are now all shooting above 35%. That's helping them uh, with those threes there, so keep that in mind tonight. The Illini ranked top 15 in offensive rebounding, 80th in defensive rebounding, so watch for those putbacks tonight because MSU is terrible in their rebounding margin. I just, I don't understand why this is so low. I can understand this, like, two points if this game was on the road. I mean, this is one of those spreads where you look around and go, okay, what what, what am I missing here? Because this feels like a, it feels like a trap, and I, and I don't know how. And that's what we're into tonight. Now, I will say this. Michigan State, very good at defending the three. Tops in the Big Ten, 29% for their uh, opponents. Three-point shooting percentage. Illini still middle of the field when it comes to their three-point field goal percentage. Um, you know, rebounding, again, this is going to be a big deal because Illinois is, Illinois, Illinois is top in the conference 
uh, in uh, rebounding. They're sixth in uh, uh, their opponent's rebounding rate. Michigan State ranks seventh. But again, we go down to that rebounding margin. And Illinois just stomps all over Michigan State in that category. It's just not one of their strong suits. Um, And I just think the height, the length that Illinois brings is going to be a big difference in this one. So I'm going to go ahead. Give me me the three there. Or two and a half, I'm sorry. I'll lay the two and a half. I don't think I have too much of a problem doing that. Also, um, I did put the... With the Garrier, Damask, and the Hawkins, all 10 points or more, they've all three hit those in their last five games. If you parlay the three of those together, you're at minus 112. You're almost even there. That's For something that's hit in each of the last five games, I'm on on that. I'm on on that. I think Damask has a pretty solid night tonight. I think Hawkins will do okay tonight. Uh, how do you not like the alliance? That just that seems like a cheat code. That doesn't feel right. It feels way too low of a spread. Hopefully we're not missing something. You know, Maryland and Michigan. What do you do with this? Because you got the Doug McDaniel news. That's a huge blow for Michigan. Maryland at home here too. The over-unders at 140. Maybe that's the safest play there in that other Big Ten game. I just, I, I don't think Maryland's that good a team. I know Michigan's not a good team. But I think Maryland is is better. Are they six and a half better at home? That's going to be tough. There's just something going on with Michigan. Nothing feels right with them. By the way, Maryland is on a 21-game win streak at Xfinity Center against non-ranked opponents. 21 straight. Maryland's also won the first half of 19 of its last 20 against non-ranked opponents there. But each of Michigan's last eight games have gone over 144 points. Those games, though, are Penn State, um, Minnesota. It was like Murray State, something like that. Florida, where they both scored. That went to OT, and they both scored over 100. But this is the same team that just went and lost at Penn State, 79-73. to That's their last outing there four days ago. Maybe I don't want the under. Just avo- I'm, I'm avoiding that. If you're going to take anything, don't take anything. That's my recommendation, that one. I think Maryland wins. I don't like six and a half on either side of this. That makes me way too nervous. I'm going to stick with the Illinois game. If I end up being a mark, I end up being a mark on it. We'll see what happens. But two and a half against Michigan State? I don't know, buddy. 
I don't know. That seems a little bit too low for me. We're going to take a break. Hang tight. We're going to spend uh, the hour talking local sports with you. Hang around. We're coming right back on the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017. Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Uh, you can uh, definitely get at me on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline by texting to 765 4474080. That's 765 4474080. Boy, what another night in college basketball. So we talked about the bloodbath that's been the top 10 this week. And it could have been worse. UConn came real close to losing that game last night. So UConn loses that game last night. It's everybody in the top five. Kentucky would be the only team that would, the first team that wins, which would be six. That's just crazy. The Illini lose tonight. You can add another top ten team into there. Although, I don't think that they lose tonight. But Vegas seems to think, at least to a small degree, that Michigan State is not completely out of that game tonight. I mean, anything can happen. I think that's what you should be aware of at this point. I mean, that was something that I I, I really tried to stress earlier this week was that we knew it was still tough to win the Big Ten. It's tough to win on the road. Vegas, though, has evened up a little bit with Purdue and Wisconsin. Purdue now back up to minus 190 to win the conference. Wisconsin at plus 280. Almost three to one on your money there seems to be like not a bad bet for a team that's uh, got a four uh, zero record in the conference. But there's this talk today. A lot of people saying, "Hey, yeah, look at Wisconsin's schedule. What they got left? This is uh, looking like they uh, might run away with this one." Oh, pump the brakes! Played four games, five games. Are we ready to crown them? Okay. Now, they got two road wins out of those four. They'll get Northwestern at home on Saturday. They got to go out to Bryce Jordan Tuesday at home against Indiana next Friday. Out to the barn in Minnesota. At home against Michigan State. Out to Nebraska. At home against Purdue. Road games at Michigan Rutgers. Home against Ohio State. At Iowa, home against Maryland, a trip to Assembly Hall, followed by Illinois and Rutgers at home, and then on the road at Purdue. You don't think there's a couple losses in there? There's going to be. I mean, this is this is not... Overly predictable. Anybody can get, it's like Game of Thrones out there. Anybody can get God almost any night of the week. The question 
is can you, when you go in those situations on the road, can you keep your composure? And especially when you come in with one of those top 10 rankings, you know you get everybody's best shot. Now, Wisconsin's going to make a significant jump in the rankings here. Uh, I would think that they're going to find their way around 10, maybe, maybe up to 12, 11. But it's not going to be as easy going into Minnesota, Nebraska, Rutgers. All of a sudden now, there is another opportunity for these bubble-like teams in the Big Ten to get a signature win, and it can come at the hands of the Badgers. So I just, I don't see the people that continually freak out. What do you, you watch the top 25. You know, were there national pundits throwing Purdue under the bridge, uh, or under the, uh, the the bus, whatever? Because they were number one, they lost to Nebraska. You know they love to do that kind of stuff. But they never do that for Kansas, and they don't do that for Tennessee, and they're not doing that for Houston, and it's not because it's, it's because they're not Purdue. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, there's a great article on ESPN where they do their midseason picks and predictions. The first thing right there Purdue. Are they still national championship material or still vulnerable? First guy actually sits here and tells me the guards had still have some late game issues protecting leads. And then goes on to praise Braden Smith and Lance Jones. Braden Smith looks like one of the best point guards in the country. Lance Jones adds a two-way dimension that was missing a year ago. Yes. Everybody else saying, yeah, I still think Purdue's the best team in America right now and a favorite to win the national title. Joe Lenardi, we should all know by now that any team can lose at any time in the NCAA tournament. But that said, Purdue's the best team in the country by an unusually wide margin for this stage of the season. Barring injury, Boilermakers are very poised to make a very deep run in March, and I would be very surprised if they are not also playing in early April. They're among the least vulnerable teams in America. So these are all guys that live and breathe nothing but this sport. And you don't see these guys panicking about Purdue. Keep your composure. Team needs to keep its composure. You got Penn State coming in this weekend. Take care of business there. You'd be fine. It's a good get-right game right before you go down to Assembly Hall, which you know is going to be filled with vulgarities. It's going to be very loud. Xavier Johnson may try to hit you. Who knows? That's going to be a a dirty, physical, grimy type of game. And you need to be mentally tough to go out there and take a win in Assembly Hall. So that's where Purdue stands right now. Look, it is Purdue and it is Wisconsin right now. 
You know, Illinois falling all the way back to 15 to 1. That's the third best odds. Odds makers really have them. This is a two horse race right now. I really don't want to count out Illinois just yet. You know, they win tonight against Michigan State. They go to 3 and 1. They're only a game behind Wisconsin. And they're not completely devoid of talent either. But teams are going to get got. Teams are going to look overrated. Highly ranked teams are going to go into um, teams that are on the bubble or maybe missing the tournament, and they're going to have bad nights because somebody shot the lights out. It happens. But what I don't understand is why fans every year don't seem to grasp that concept. And then when we have the loss, everybody freak out. It's over. We were wrong. They were right. Fire this guy. Fire that guy. This is all terrible. We'll never win with this guy or playing like this. We need to go to a zone or whatever nonsense people spit out. It's not isolated to Purdue is my point. It's not even isolated to the Big Ten at this point. There's no sense of losing your mind on Thursday, January the 11th, when we're not even through February yet. Start losing your mind in March. If it goes poorly in March, that's where you lose your mind. Until then, try to keep it positive. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. i got plenty more Hammer Down Show for you next. Hey, welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. With me, Jared Chesilitis. You can always reach out on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, that number is 765-447-4080. Uh, again, send on those texts if you like at 765-447-4080. Women's basketball last night, unfortunately, uh, unable to beat uh, Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes at final 96-71. to A sold-out Mackey Arena last night. A lot of, look, I, I think with that woman does is pretty darn amazing. I think the impact that she has had for women's basketball is pretty darn amazing. So when, you know, granted, I don't know that all the pull-up shots and the ridiculous threes and stuff and a lot of the really advanced stuff is is great for the youngest player. It's great to dream. Um, and yeah, the technical foul is probably ugh, maybe a little bit more talking than I absolutely. But there's no denying what her impact is on women's basketball. And you saw that last night in a sold-out Mackey Arena. Now, here's here's the thing. It's always, I think, a little disheartening when you're like, you go, you want to root on the boilers, but then also you want to see her do ridiculous stuff. But, like, they were talking about, if you went to the game, you didn't see this on the TV. They had this stat that shows just how much of an impact that she has when she shows up based on attendance. Northern Iowa averages 4,500. They got almost 7,000. 
Iowa State averages 10,000 per game. They got 14,000 there. Uh, Wisconsin averages 4,500. Uh, Caitlin shows up. It goes to 14,000. Rutgers averages 2,500. Caitlin shows up 8,000. Purdue averages just under 5,000. And then it's sold out 14,867. And the best part, there's two best parts I love about this. A lot of young girls in attendance that you can see from a lot of the videos and stuff with their signs. And, you know, they may love the Boilers, but, you know, they love to watch her. And she's a generational talent. She really is. But, two, she doesn't have to do this on the road. But she understands her impact and what she's doing. She takes some time. She signs some autographs. And granted, she's probably, uh, there's still a lot of people. I mean, that lower bowl just never emptied. But even in a blowout, people stayed late in that one. Stayed late to watch what she's done. For the people that get upset that you show up, you're a Boilermaker fan, and you still cheered for her, I say you let this go. You just have to. I mean, she is just she is that talent. She means so much to that sport, and she is being a great ambassador to that sport at the same time. I get it. You show up, like I said, and you want to root on for the Boilermakers, which means she can't succeed. But at the same time, you're like, hey, I came here specifically to watch what ridiculous stuff she can do, and I'm not let down. It's a weird place. Kelly Camara had a really good tweet about this. Uh, it was last night or this morning she did. 15,000 people on a Wednesday night showed up to a women's basketball game. For a minute, do I think it was solely to see us? No. Caitlin Clark's a generational talent. Did we get the win? No, but last night women's basketball won. And Katie Gerald's, you know, she echoed that as well in her, in, in her post game. I I think they understand the importance of the exposure that she helps bring to the sport, and they understand long term it's beneficial, uh, even for programs like Purdue or any program. The more eyeballs, the more interest you get. That's ticket sales. That's NIL opportunities. I mean, she's very good for business. She's very good for the sport. And, I mean, it, it's it's no disrespect to anybody at Purdue, but when you have a generational talent like that, it just it draws not only eyeballs, but it draws interest of other young women who want to continue to play the sport, and then that, uh, in turn, helps fuel further expansion. So it's great. It's tough to watch those games. It's like if you got tickets to watch uh, Michael Jordan play the Pacers. You love the Pacers, but there is also a part of you It's like, listen, I got this because I, I want to be there to watch. I, I want to see Mike, too. I want to see Mike win, but, man, I want to see Mike do the crazy stuff. I want to see Mike dunk. A lot of people, the next generation says that they do the same thing with LeBron. It's becoming more and more acceptable when you get those generational talents that, yeah, I may be team, you know, X, Y, but uh, player Z, man. Must see TV. Got to go out and do that. I, you can be a fan of a player, 
and still like your own team now. It's it's totally acceptable, but I think for a lot of older people, it's still a little bit still a little bit awkward, right? First and foremost, I want to see my team win. They can do crazy stuff, but I still want to see my team win. But you can't help yourself, kind of rooting like she. You know, she had that one uh, shot that she put up from, like I said, from like the scores table there, and got bumped on it too, and it doesn't count. And you're kind of like, I want to see that go in. I want to see the ridiculousness. It doesn't benefit Purdue, but I want to see it because it's not something you get to see too terribly often. So yeah, I, I get the fans. I get the young girls showed up with the with the signs that maybe locals and, and and they go to see the boilers. But boy, uh, they were super super excited to get a chance to see her, and I hope they get more chances to see her. Uh, if she goes out for the draft and goes and plays for the fever, I, I, I very much hope that happens. Uh, they need themselves a, uh, a superstar like her. I know they got the rookie of the year there too back, but I mean, just that pairing would be tremendous. You'd like to see that team get back into playoff contention and certainly having Kate, Caitlin Clark will, uh, will help do that for you. If you are the Indiana fever, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back and look, we've got uh, the last part of the uh, hammer down show coming up for you next on one one seven, the hammer one one seven. Hammer down show. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll have uh, more men's basketball tickets for you then. And then I'm off. We're off on Monday. It's uh, Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day is uh, Monday. So I'll be actually off on Monday. Uh, and then back on Tuesday, and then Kyle Charger is going to be filling in for me for the rest of the week. Uh, next week, very much uh, looking forward to a little time away because I <laughs> need time away, not with family this time. Oh boy! All right, let's get into uh, some of the things that we may have missed. So much renewal right now in athletics. If you think about this, you just had. Tiger Woods deal with Nike expire. Pete Carroll done coaching. Nick Saban done coaching. Bill Belichick done with the New England Patriots. Like that is that that was just this week. Forget about you know, 70, 80% of the top 10 losing this week. I mean, that was some of the most bedrock, solid real estate you could build on through the two, since the 2000s were those four things. It is awkward. I feel bad for Patriot fans. I feel bad for Bill Belichick. If he still wants to continue and, and take another head coaching job, 24 seasons, six Super Bowls, three-time coach of the year, 300 wins with the Patriots, 19 straight winning seasons. And you get that awkward part of the relationship here where it's lost its spark. But you have to appreciate, I mean, Robert Kraft's like, this is the greatest coach of all time. But in the same breath, you're like, but we're also not letting him stay here anymore. It's really, really awkward in that regards. But, you know, at that level, it's what have you done for me lately? And 
And Patriots are ready to refresh the whole thing. Patriots are ready to refresh the whole thing. But you can't deny it is a little bit awkward, right? Praising somebody, calling them, hey, this is the best of them. Why don't you want the best coach ever to stay here? Well, we think we can find somebody better than the best coach. That's basically what you're arguing there. Look, I went through a similar thing with um, with my Steelers like five years ago. Dick LeBeau, tremendous defensive coordinator for ever. I played in the NFL and went right into coaching. And uh, defenses just weren't up the snuff for a couple of years. They had an up-and-comer on the uh, defensive coaching staff that they thought was going to be the next one because they figured you know, LeBeau was going to retire. And he doesn't want to retire. He gets run out of town. We've seen that in a few places, right? Maybe somebody's overextended their welcome. They didn't bank on the franchise's bank on them staying that much longer. Like, yeah, we'd like to let the new younger guy, we don't want to lose that guy, but he doesn't want to keep sitting here and waiting for his turn. It's a weird situation, man. Really weird. I, it's just, it's tremendous. The only thing that surprises me here is he doesn't end up in this little circle in like Eastern Ohio, Western PA, where all the, it, it, shout out to Andrew Stein who posted this because uh, I, I knew some of this, but I didn't know all of this. If you draw a little circle from around like Toledo, you go through the middle of 70 between Columbus and Pittsburgh, go down to Fairmont, West Virginia. Circle back up, keep Pittsburgh in the loop there, go all the way up around Cleveland and back around to Toledo. It's a 315-mile stretch from Ohio to West Virginia in that circle. 315 miles. Born or raised in that circle, Paul Brown, Don Shula, Chuck Knoll, Bo Schembechler, Don James, Lou Holtz, Nick Saban, Jim Tressel, Bob Stoops, Les Miles, Urban Meyer, Jim Harbaugh. How is Belichick not in that circle? (laughs) I went through some of the greatest football coaches of all time. And they're not in there. Best of luck to to Saban, though. I'm glad. Some of these guys, they just stay forever. And that's their prerogative. But you make all that money. You do all that work. And nobody ever wants to just go and enjoy uh, Saban's got way too much money. He's got to be go enjoy the sunshine. Go go golf. Go do something. You don't have to go chasing kids across the country, keeping parents happy and stuff. You've done that for how long? I think a lot of them don't do it because wasn't that the knock with uh, with Bear Bryant? Like as soon as he retired, as passed away. Like I think Joe Paterno always thought that that's why he never wanted to retire because he figured as soon as he does, that's when. You know, the health was going to decline, and certainly there was a correlation there, but, you know, different circumstances, obviously. But I still understand why people, you you work that late, you got all that money. You don't have to work anymore. I know you like it, but at one point, go and what's the point in making all that money then if you're not going to retire and enjoy it? I, I don't understand it. Speaking of saving, by the way, um, is this the new norm here we got? Remember, we used to do the signing day, hey, which hat am I going to pick up? And then there's the fake out and stuff. They used to do that, and that got way overplayed. And then the recruits got into the recruiting videos, 
right? Their announcement videos are things like six, seven minutes long. And then that got overplayed. Now I am all here for the next thing that's going to get overplayed. Dan Lanning, head coach of the Oregon Ducks. We thought maybe he was going to take this Alabama job. He was certainly a candidate to do so. Instead, Lanning has compiled a one-minute-long montage video where he's addressing the team, talking about their core values and all that stuff. And then it ends with uh, quotes about the grass isn't always greener and the grass is pretty damn green in Eugene. And the quote, "If uh, if you're scared your coaching is leaving, then come play for us. Uh, and then it ends up with him uh, saying, and I'm not leaving and smoking a cigar. Do we really need coaches' videos to say, I'm going to stay in my current job? Is that where we've come to now? I feel like uh, that OSHA's 13 movie when they're trying to figure out the difference between the soft opening and the grand opening, the old guys. One day the flamingo was closed and then it was just open. It's the way it works. It's the difference between a soft opening and a grand opening. It's either open or it's not. Same thing. You're either the coach there or you're not. But I guess you're always recruiting. Is that the is that the gist of it? You're always recruiting. Hey, if you're worried, I'm not going nowhere. Until you are going somewhere. It always happens. I, I think it's it's a bad idea. It's only gonna backfire eventually. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Hammerdown Show. Big thank you for listening tomorrow. Purdue versus uh, Michigan men's basketball tickets. I'll hook you up with those, and we should have Sam King on for you. That's tomorrow back here on the...